You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. You, you, you know what you are? You're a popcorn salesman. Worldwide Sports Radio presents the, 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 the home stretch. All right, let's hit the field with, with, with Tyler and friends. Hello! It's back. Sorry. You made up for the last three days. Yeah, my my head. The frog is gone. Ribbit, ribbit. Yeah, squish. That's exactly. That's what happened to the frog. I feel so sorry for everyone that missed my voice, or missed me. And not wait. I feel so sorry for the people that wanted me to not have my voice back. Because I'm going to yell for no reason today. <laughs> All right, I'm not going to, but that's <laughs> So, um, welcome. It's the last day of the week. It's, thank God, it's Friday. Um, I'm your host, Ty Harrison, along with Speedy Petey, my co-host slash producer slash leather jacket wearing, headphone wearing, slash, <laughs> slash ribbit making Speedy Petey. Frog impersonator. We'll go with that. Ribbit. Can you sing? No. I did that way too much yesterday on Below the Mic. Why? Because Errol likes to get a good laugh of me singing pretty badly. What song did you sing? Everybody Wants to Rule the World. By Tears for Fears. Can you do it again? No. I need a, I need a week off from singing that song. It's a good song. Just... That's something I want to sing just because he gets... Can you sing it again? Like, can you sing a different song then? Can I sing a different song? We didn't start the fire. It was always burning since the world's been turning. We didn't start the fire. But we did it. Speedy. Speedy. I don't know the Speedy. I I can only do the melody. I know the the facts when I I get them. Shalom. Shalom. Isn't it pronounced Shalom? <laughs> Shalom. No, I know. I know what I know the context of it, and I, I don't know them all consecutively. No, that's fine. It's fine. I just wanted to hear a little bit of your uh, voice. There you go. I'm dreaming. No. Of a wild January <laughs> Christmas. <laughs> You know what's crazy? Don't I, be that guy. Nah, I don't. Not that guy. I see it already on Facebook. 354 days till Christmas. Oh Get off. God. Oh, my God. Really? No, it's no, it's not. It ain't. It is 12 months away. In my mind, it's 366 days away. Goodbye. <laughs> no way, Jose. Speaking of Jose. Yeah, I got nothing. Anyway, um, no. So, Major League Baseball has had a lot of things today. Nothing earth-shattering, but it's a very bad trend for baseball. Very bad. And I'll tell you why in a second. But, before we get there, um, we're also going to... Finally, recap the – we're never going to recap the division games. It really is what it is. We're just going to preview the – I'm sorry. 
We're going to preview the division games and not recap the wild card games. By the way, announced today, McCown played with a torn hamstring. Freaking amazing. Um, at Julian Edelman's going to need surgery on both his left leg, his left knee, and his left shoulder. And the man still had a thousand yard season. It's amazing. First injury. No, no, he was healthy till like week. No, maybe not. That's why they brought in Brown, probably. Well, remember he had missed the whole 2017 season too, so I don't know if that could have lingered as a re-injury kind of thing that nobody knew about. Possible, but um, he's got. I I think he will age just fine. His his real strength is his footwork. As right. long as he has that. Right, and he's not an incredible deep threat or raw speed guy where he's going to lose that either. He has good possession, good hands. and Great hands. Quickness to at least run those kinds of routes mm-hmm. efficiently. Like, he's not a well-rounded route runner, but you're right. He's very good at just getting open and with his footwork. But um, we've done that, been there, done that. But we all know where I start this show, and we all know I'm the only one that does it. So, we'll start with golf. I know, I'm excited for it, too. (laughs) And then I guess we'll go to college basketball. No, we'll go golf, hockey, college basketball, basketball. All right. Um, So, again, let's... uh, Honolulu, hello, hey, 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 Ooh, da, 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 no. Alright, nah, I don't know any Hawaiian songs, so I apologize, but, uh, study open in Hawaii, in Honolulu, Hawaii, at the Walelai Club. Uh, your leader right now is Brandon Steele at minus six, or Cameron Davis at minus six. Uh, the second round's still going, so we will keep you up to... I wonder if you can steal a victory. Listen, the puns are my job, all right? <laughs> but uh, Cameron Smith at minus five. Stop stealing material. And <laughs> Keegan Bradley will also be tied at minus three. And uh, Russell Knox. Interesting. That is right now as the second round once again is uh, going on. And then obviously we have hockey. At the end of the first period, the Hurricanes, which is actually on the TV over there, are up one nothing over the Coyotes. Warren Fogle scored for the Carolina Hurricanes. And also at the end of the first period, the Detroit Red Wings, Tyler Bertuzzi, put them up over the Wait Fort. Ottawa Senators. Haven't done this in a while. Major playoff implications. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The worst team in hockey or the fourth worst team in hockey? That's who you're watching. <laughs> Great job. Fantastic. Bartender, another round. Yeah, that, that's atrocious. And the uh, here's a good game, though. The Penguins go to Colorado, take on the Avalanche. That game starts in about 45 minutes. And they are greatly anticipating. Ian Cole revenge game. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, they're expecting Crosby to play. Oh, wow. So, Crosby revenge game. 
So that's where I'm looking at. But um, I need everyone to realize one thing. The Penguins are right now a top three team in hockey without him. You just stand back when he comes back. This coach finds depth from the AHL very well. It makes it work on this, this system. My only concern is that they won't get Gunsel back. Yeah. He's going to be out in six months. Yeah, I know. That's June. You're talking Stanley Cup. I heard four months, but that's still a long time. Four too. to six months. Yeah, that's still a long time. So you're either too. coming back end of the season, beginning of the playoffs, or that, or not at all. They're going to be playing with a lot of underdog mentality. Yeah, but that's how Crosby's won his other three. I know. So I'm not concerned. But um, we go to the hardwood now. As the upset of the day has already started. Uh, later today, Butler, number six in the nation, will take on Providence. That's actually probably going to be a good basketball game. Yeah, it is. Providence isn't bad this year either. Here's the upset. Number 12, Maryland, is losing right now to Iowa, 49-36. to About 12 minutes left in the second half. Then, of course, there's the association. The league that all these kids want to get drafted to. So, later today, Golden State will take on the Clippers. They'll win that game by about 100. Um, the Milwaukee Bucks will take on the Sacramento Kings. Same deal. Lakers take on the Mavericks. The Hornets take on the Jazz. The Suns and Magic will slug it out. Right now, uh, the Washington Wizards are up 59 53 over the Atlanta Hawks. Trey Young and Herter, Splash Brothers 2.0. Have 13 apiece. And Jordan McRae has 13. That's right. I said Jordan McRae. You remember him? Yeah. He has 13 as well. As um, I'm starting to think Bradley Beal's sitting for a different reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Want me to do it? Yeah, go ahead. Trade him now. All right, listen. All right, he's... He's definitively the best two-guard in basketball, so I don't know what else he could really do. Oh, no, here comes the local bus. The New York Knicks are losing to the New Orleans Pelicans 67-61 at half. Uh, Brandon Ingram has 17 at halftime. Boy, did the Lakers screw that up. But let's promote Rob Palenka anyway. Good job, Jeannie Bus. I liked you, too, but... So sad. For the Knicks, uh, Taj Gibson, that's right, leads the way with 15 points. Uh, as R.J. Barrett has three points. But uh, oh, here's another blast from the past. Reggie Bullock oh, gosh. has 12. Forgot he was still there. Mm-hmm. No Julius Randle tonight for the Knicks. No Julius Randle revenge game. Or Marcus Morris. I, I'm starting to think some trades are going to happen over the weekend. They should. Here's a team that should make a trade. The Miami Heat are up 58-52 over the Nets. Jimmy Butler leads with 15. Bam Adebayo, who has, I don't know how, he's become a much better player. Much better player. Almost overnight. We knew he was going to take a while just because he didn't play much at Kentucky, but now he's becoming a nice player. 
Uh, Tyler Hero also has seven points. Goran Dragic has basically been bumped to the bench. He has none. As, again, Kendrick Nunn is the guy to watch out for this team. That's If he continues to play at the rate he's been playing at, it seems going to be scary. Uh, for the Nets, you're looking at Spencer Didwitty and who is this? Oh, boy. Rudinas Karokas. <laughs> That's his name. He's from Latvia. He, they have 11 points. Oh, he's the last Latvian player left in New York. Yeah. Basically. And, uh, yeah, Tyree still's not playing. So, do what you want with that information. Um, again, the my, Indiana Pacers, I think, are the scariest team to watch out for in the East. They're up over the Bulls 24-21. Victor Oladipo is coming back in about two weeks. Literally in score right now is Miles Turner, 12. And on the other side, Zach Levine and Tomas Sadoransky have six. Oh, I'm sorry. Levine has six. Sadoransky has four. And the last game of the night, the Memphis Grizzlies with uh, Rookie of the Year. John Morant. Well, Morant's having a bad game, so we'll leave this one alone. But your lead scorer for the Grizzlies is Jonas Valanciunas with eight. And for the Spurs, Mars Aldridge has ten. Uh, the score right now is 31-25. About a minute left in the first period. And that is Around the World in Sports brought to you by Reyes Cafe, 150 Motor Parkway. Hub Hog, New York. There you go. There it is. And uh, the zip code thing is no longer a joke. Just go find it yourself. I don't want to steal it from anybody. But, um, yeah, lots to get to. Lots to get to. Lots to get to. Um, i trying to think of what happened over the weekend. So, again, we're going to recap all four divisional games, picks, and yeah, that's about yeah, that's really probably it. Um, what? I don't know. I feel like I'm forgetting something. Uh, how about my headline? <laughs> Your headline? That you Shoot. Liked. Oh yeah. The so that you liked. Yes. No, that I don't like it. I love it. That thing was great. All right. So um, today. I don't know if the deadline's today or sometime this next week, but the arbitration dates have to be set. And uh, Major League Baseball is going to start. Spring training starts in, what, 30 days? Oh, pitches and catchers report for different teams, but I think the first date was February, February 11th, I believe it was. What's today? January 10th. 30 days. Booyah. Even when I guess I'm right. How scary is that? Anyway. Just kidding. I thought Speedy would laugh, but it's fine. Um, so yeah, what I so obviously a lot no, of players. It just, it just passed today. It was Friday today at one. To get the deal, okay. Arbitration deadline. So today was today. So a lot of players signed today: Bellinger, Judge, James Paxton, uh, Cody Bellinger. I'm trying to think of another couple of names. Chris Bryant avoided arbitration. Francisco Lindor got a huge arbitration case. 
which probably in any other year is the top. But where we start and the point of the segment is Mookie Betts today, as Speedy wrote, bane on himself and getting $27 million, which is the record for arbitration, as it should. Um, that is an astronomical number for arbitration. That's based on your past discrepancy. That has nothing to do with what they want you to do going forward. That's literally just based on that's how I performed last year and I deserve to be paid this year how I played last year. That's all arbitration is. Let me tell you this. The Red Sox gave him $27.5 million for arbitration. What do you think they're going to pay him next offseason? Think, just think real hard. I think Trout and Cole have 36, right? Yep. That's the top. It won't be after next season. Mookie Betts is about to break the bank. He will be the first major league player to get 40 a year. I don't even think that's really going out there and saying too much. I think that's actually pretty, like, common sense at this point. Now, this is what I mean by it's going to be bad. First of all, he won't be a Red Sox. It, they can't afford him. They just can't. Plus... Well, I take that back. They might be able to afford it, but it's going to be hard. It's going to be real hard. You look at Sale. Everyone keeps saying they're going to trade David. They're not trading David Price. <laughs> Who's going to take that? No one's taking that contract. His contract was bad in his prime. Now, you're going to be lucky if you can even trade Chris Sale for a piece. This isn't about the Red Sox. It's not about Mookie Betts. Let's just take a step back here. Garrett Cole will pitch, hopefully, about 220 innings as a Yankee. That's about 32, 33 starts. He's getting $36 million a year. Mike Trout, the Angels hope, will have a about 150 game total. He's gained the same amount. Now, to Mike Trout's credit, he signed that well before Garrett Cole signed his. So at the time, Mike Trout was the big man on campus, as he deserves to be. <clears throat> Major League Baseball is going to have a problem. Because just like basketball now, with these super maxes of five years, 220, or 202, whatever it is, my math, you're looking at. Mookie, there's no cap in baseball. A Supermax is what the top player will get. Every team can offer him. Baseball has no cap like that. Neither does football or hockey. Well, they have different salary caps that are... No, 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 right. But uh, what I'm saying is hockey, you can pay somebody... Like, those three other sports, you can pay somebody as much as you want. Right? To an extent, yeah. But it's just harder still. No, right. But if the Red Sox want to keep Mookie Betts, they can give him 45 50 if they want. Right. There's no 
The reason I say that this is dangerous for Major League Baseball, and to be quite honest with you, I don't know how bad it is, but it's going to really isolate a lot of teams. So what you're doing right now, Mookie Betts is going to get $40 million. He's going to either get traded to the team that's going to give him that, or he's going to stay with the Red Sox and get an astronomical number. But he's going to get he's going to be the highest paid player in baseball. Let me just say this. Aaron Judge got eight and a half. What? That that Aaron Judge got eight and a half million dollars for arbitration. Well, it was his first year, so No 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 no, that's fine. But Mookie Betts got twenty seven and a half. So the Yankees, and to be quite honest with you, I think it was brilliant. You open the door at eight and a half. Obviously, now Judge knows he's going to get more than eight and a half. Right. Okay. Judge is probably worth right now as constituted eighteen to twenty-two a year. That that's where I chalked that up. <coughs> Trout's thirty-six. He's not thirty-six, and I'm pretty sure we would all agree. That after last season, Machado wasn't worth ten three hundred, okay, and Harper has a bad contract too. Arenado's contract is really the only one that's good. But look, now they're probably trading him to the Rangers. So, did it pan out? No. Now again, Aaron Judge is going to get more. But the Yankees now, when they go to get his long term deal done. Hey, you know, we eight and a half is where you started. I I'm well worth more than eight and a half. Yeah, you're right. What are you looking at? Fifteen, eighteen, uh, well, you know, eighteen was kind of my bottom. All right, well, where's your top? Twenty three, twenty five. All right, well, you know I mean and then negotiate that way and everything like that. Aaron Judge, if he plays back to his MVP self, will work it back to three third, you know. $300 million contracts. It's fine. But right now, I'm not giving it to him. He hasn't played a full season in God knows how long. And he strikes out way too much. But even Stanton's deal with the Marlins, nah, it wasn't really great. A-Rod's, all ah, right, you got a World Series out of it. Wasn't really worth it. And then before the A-Rod, you, no one else really got that mega deal. But you kind of knew long-term that the A-Rod one would definitely steam out just of how big it was at the time. Well, right, the Yankees signed him. For all the extracurriculars it would bring. Right. Yeah, the home all, run derby, right. the home run chase. The, yeah. He was a great Hits. young player, but let's remember he also <coughs> played, I think, what, nine years before he came to the Yankees? So we knew that that kind of long contract was still a risk, even though A-Rod was a great player in his, in his youth. Well, even the first one was a risk. Right. Even though he was a great player in his youth, it's still a guy that has a lot of longevity, a lot of just wear and tear, and... Eventually, the injuries caught up to him later in his career. Yep. Yes, they did. But I must say, um, the Red Sox screwed up here because the Red Sox opened the door 27 and a half. is now the floor for Mookie Betts. 
you're going to end up at 35, 40 a year. Not for nothing. What was Mike Trout's? I don't even know if Mike Trout went to arbitration. I don't think he did. No. But no. arbitration in Major League Baseball, the reason why that's important is because teams and players negotiate on that salary based on last year's performance, and obviously there's an arbiter, that's why they're called that, and they discuss the price if a deal isn't reached. And nine out of ten times it's year by year. Some some teams sign big guys. Um, I actually just read the list before. I think it's Hader. It's definitely Josh Hader. Oh, so here we go, right? He's already? Wow. It seems like he was only up for four years. So Miguel Sanu just got a three-year extension for the Twins. Bellinger got 11.5, and, and Seager got 7.6. Yeah, Bellinger, they said, was the highest arbitration record for a first-year arbitration period. Right, but that's going to skyrocket, too. But of course. Now, here are the big names going to arbitration, right? Uh, Trevor Story, George Sprinter, Hader, as I mentioned, and JT Romuto. Now, the reason that these names... Look at the teams they have. Brewers. Brewers cannot afford to give Josh Hader a long-term deal. They can't. Too many pieces on that, well, outside of Yelch. They, they just aren't a big market team. The Phillies. Pff, Harper, Arietta, Zach Wheeler. His laugh is he got a big deal. He's getting more than Mad Bum. No one on the planet thought that. No, well, no, uh, no other team would have paid him that. No, the White Sox offered him more. Really? Yeah, wow. the White Sox gave him the biggest offer. He went to Philly to win. Damn. Yeah. Um, here's the other guy. Well, he went Aaron Nola is going to get paid more. He went to the Phillies to win and, uh, yeah, start a rivalry, too. <laughs> oh, uh, burning the Mets is always fun. But oh, he'll throw a no-hitter again. Them. He'll see that. Well, probably every time he pitches. It's going to be fun. But uh, you got Dylan Batantis, so it worked out. Oh, Dylan Batantis, who will pitch in that game when they're down one nothing, <laughs> And Zach Wheeler's no hitting him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> probably. <coughs> but um, Trevor Story. I love Trevor Story. Colorado, they already signed Arenado to a pretty significant contract, and after a year, they're trying to trade him. They're no longer competing because their pitching staff blew up. George Springer, Houston Astros. I hate to tell you this, the Astros might just lose George Springer because Major League Baseball is going to tell them so. Again, Altuve, Correa, his trademark had died down. Bregman, next year's going to... I don't think Bregman's for a while, though, because he came up only in the 2017 season. After this year, he'll be up four years. It's six years for arbitration. 
Mm. Whatever. So I mean, he could they could give it to him in the first year, like they did with like the Dodgers did with Bellinger, but still, it's it's not a requirement. I think they're gonna do it, but anyway. No, they might do it anyway. I'm just saying it's not a requirement until the sixth year. Verlander, Granky, they they got big deals. The Nationals just pre-signed Trey Turner because they saved a lot of money by Rendon and Harper leaving, so they're just going to overpay the guys they got. You know what teams are thriving at this right now, though? Yankees, Dodgers, Sox, Mets. I forget anyone. Rangers. Big market teams. Teams that like to spend money. This is only helping the teams that like to spend money. Because the Royals, the Marlins, the Rays, Twins to a certain extent. I know I forget one. Pirates. Royals. You know what those teams are doing? They're losing their star players. They're losing guys. I could make an undefeated team a, a perfect team by the all-stars and Hall of Famers that have left small market teams and gone somewhere else because they played their way out. Pittsburgh, you lost Garrett Cole twice. Let's just go around Major League Baseball. The Royals and Brewers lost Zach Greinke. Carlos Beltran left Kansas City. And Oakland. Oakland's another team. You want to go through who Oakland's lost? (laughs) Tejada. Chavez. Well, no, Chavez stayed. Tejada left. Josh Donaldson. Josh Donaldson. Jason Giambi. Tim Hudson, Mark Mulder, Zito, mm-hmm. Johannes Cespedes, Randy Johnson leaving the Diamondbacks. Well, no, I'm not sorry. No, no, he left. Nah, I don't know if he was worth the money at his point. Clemens got bought by the Yankees. Jeez, uh, you can go on and on. You can go on and on with this. Small teams are losing the Tampa Bay. You want to go through the guys Tampa Bay's let walk out? Now, Tampa Bay's, I think, the smartest organization because they lose guys and really have a hard time being atrocious. I'd say they've been a, a pretty good functioning organization now for about 10 years. Yep. Right? So. The small market teams dying in Major League Baseball is not good. It's not good. There's no reason why Tampa Bay should be all, well, we're going to play half our games in Tampa Bay and half our games in Montreal. It got shut down, but, I mean, what do you really expect them to do? You want them to play half a year on the road and a quarter of the game at one home and the other quarter of the season at another? doesn't make any sense. Baseball... 
is also trying to be relevant again. Because unlike me, a lot of people do find it boring and slow, and the the game of chess that gets played is boring. And I'll be honest with you. You know, the Seattle Mariners and the Miami Marlins game, I'm not going to watch either. And imagine being a diehard fan and have to sit through that. <laughs> no. The Marlins don't have a diehard fan. Well, that's besides the point. <laughs> but the, the Marlins, look at the Marlins team that's got depleted. Oh, my God. That Marlins team alone has <sighs> Jose Fernandez, JT Romuto. Miguel Cabrera, Josh Miguel, Beckett. Oh, my God. Stanton, Yelich, Ozuna, Kane. Not Kane. I'm sorry. Kane's the Royals. Just, it, it, please. Even the, I mean, the Mets, the Mets are not a big market team, but they have a big payroll. I, I, I don't ask me how it happens. Because <laughs> they settle. <laughs> but they settle for a bunch of 31-year-old injury-prone veterans. <laughs> how old is Zillow Potence? No, he's 33. I think he's, yeah, I think he's uh, older, yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, that would have been funny. I, I still say we need him back, but that's not the point. The whole point of this spiel is the reason I compared it to basketball is basketball got as big as it could get when LeBron, small market guy, Cleveland's a small market town, okay? Just watch what happens to the Browns this offseason because it's going to be small. Cavaliers... Get all this attention. You add that to the media of the New York Knicks, Los Angeles Lakers, the Miami Heat, the Toronto Raptors are very highly watched in Canada. You know why no one knows this? Is? Because you're not getting American network ratings because it's a Canadian television station. Okay, Toronto is a very popular thing over there, and the Raptors fans are as crazy as ever. Golden State has become a big deal. Denver is a very, very, very loud place to go play basketball. Portland loves basketball. Minnesota loves basketball. And these small market teams are good. That's when ratings are up. Look at hockey. Rangers. Eh. Islanders. They've been atrocious for two decades. They are now starting to be relatively good. But they, the Islanders always have their fans. Buffalo Sabres. Most people forget about the Sabres and Bills. Well, they're the Sabres. They've been dysfunctional for 13 years. Right, but the Bills have been... Better now, but still... <coughs> also, also dysfunctional for a while, too. Well, sure, but every team has dysfunction in it. I think what a lot of things get lost, though, is if you cut out the small market teams, you're going to see a lot of teams fail. Kansas City reportedly might be moving, might not be. It, it's died down over the past few months, but there it got pretty interesting. Well, 
Well, they're during the summer. That's a sports city. They're a good sports city. So. Right, but Major League Baseball doesn't see the draw there. The Raiders are leaving the Oakland Nation, right, to go to Vegas. Money, draw, Gruden. Uh, it, it. The Islanders, back to the Islanders. They got so dysfunctional, so bad. They were talking about moving to freaking Kansas City themselves. And everyone's, oh, no, 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 no. That's a real move. Yeah, no, it was. You got kicked out of Nassau Coliseum. You didn't have a home. Barclays Center was like, all right, we'll try it out. It didn't really work. So now you're back at Nassau Coliseum. And now you're getting your own stadium in Barclays and uh, Belmont. What? It, it's... It's bad. But the Islanders were a joke as a team as this was going on. They were awful. Bad. Relocations do not work. St. Louis lost the Rams, and no one goes to Ram games in L.A. No one. They had to pay actors to be fans. You know why the NFL won't move out of L.A.? It'd be the fourth time they failed in L.A. Because the Chargers are failing more than the Rams are. No one goes. Right, but the, the Rams also had a previous fan base, so they already they had an advantage to begin with. There's not, outside of maybe the Mexico, L.A., the close to maybe people that moved there from Mexico, there's not really a lot of Chargers fans in L.A. to begin <coughs> with because they're all old-time Raiders fans or Rams fans. Probably mixed in some 49ers fans, I would imagine, and they're not going to get a lot of Chargers fans as a majority of any stretch. Home stretch. <laughs> so they were, they were already at a disadvantage moving there. Right, which is why they should have stayed in San Diego. There's nothing wrong with the fan base in San Diego. There's nothing wrong with anything in San Diego. I mean, they weren't a great fan base, but at least it's a better contingency of Chargers fans. Plus, you did have the Mexican fans that went to games just across the border and a lot of Chargers fans in Tijuana that were just gave them ratings and again they lost a lot of that just moving up to LA too. All I know is you're a Yankees fan, what do you care about the small market teams? The reason I care about the small market teams is A, if they sink for not getting talent. B, I really think that small market teams are good for base. I think small market teams are good for any sport. It's just kind of common sense. When the Miami Marlins are good, there's a vibe about the Miami Marlins. It's it's just very unique. When New Orleans was this, when the Aints, Archie Manning was – a Hall of Fame quarterback getting killed every snap. Kind of like, well, kind of like Deion, uh, Deshaun Watson in Houston, I guess. Except they're winning football games. And the Saints took, what, 17 years to make the playoffs or something like that? Right. In their first seven, yeah, their first 17 years of existence. I mean, they, they didn't go winless like the Bucks did in their first year, but it was still pretty bad. Look at Cleveland. <laughs> now, we laugh about it because they blew it up. They struggled mightily, but 
going into this year, it was really refreshing and kind of energetic. Like, yeah, Cleveland, Cleveland Browns fans were so happy just to be, we could make the playoffs. We don't care about the Super Bowl. We can make the playoffs. I think each team that's bad always has that kind of, could this be but, our year phase? Right. We but, saw that with the Raiders in 2016. Everyone thought Jacksonville in 2016 when they got all their young players. And they ended up making it the next year. But it, every team seems to have that, oh, wow, that we could do it kind of thing. This is finally it for a lot of those kinds of teams. And it, it gives them hype to some extent, but how realistic is it is still another question. It was very realistic for Cleveland. It was realistic for the Raiders, too, and they ended up making the playoffs. I knew a lot of people thought they would win the division. I didn't think they would win the division, but they still made it at 12-4, and four, and unfortunately their quarterback got hurt in Week 16, and that cost them probably a playoff win. I think it cost them more than that, but I just – I do think, though, that these are there. Majorly, there has to be some sort of rules for Major League Baseball. There, there, this can't happen. We'll just go around the league now. All right, Toronto. Toronto is not going to. They're getting a good young team together with a lot of young pieces. They're not paying Danny Hanson, uh, Tully's, Biggio, Bichette. And Guerrero Jr. and Kritchik, Anthony Kitt. You're not paying all these guys. Ken Giles. You're not going to pay all these guys mega bucks. You're not going to afford it. Baltimore. Trey Mancini. Trey Mancini's going to leave because he wants to win. But you're not building a team around Trey Mancini to trade. Like you have to trade Trey Mancini because you know he's your best player by I don't even know a lot. And there's no one else on your team we can name. So it's, you know, it's rough. Tampa Bay, the Red Sox, and the Yankees, they're all contending for a playoff spot. So they, they're they not in this conversation. Same with the Twins. Indians are interesting. White Sox are on the rise because they already went through this process. But look at them. Juan Mancata. It's going to be hard now for them to kind of – you paid Abreu. You just brought in Grandal. You've got all these pitching prospects you got. You wanted um, Wheeler. You wanted all these guys. You wanted last year, you wanted Machado and Harper. The Royal. Uh, the, the White Sox. The, 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 the Roy, what are the Royals going to do? Whit Merrifield is a top. The best second baseman in baseball, but his skill set is so hard to find now. <laughs> He's already signed long term, so it's not even a matter of paying him. But why would you keep him when you have to trade him to get more valuable pieces back? Because you can't afford anything else. You need you need something to generate. For all teams, They're, Mookie Betts getting $27.5 million in arbitration is bad. And it will continue to be something Major League Baseball regrets because that that number, and even Belger with 115 for the first year, not good. But it's like McDavid. McDa- let's say McDavid will get 
what's he getting, 13, 13 and a half? I think it's 13 and a half. That's probably like a third of the Oilers' payroll. <laughs> yes. Yes, because the Oilers have a lot of great depth after that that deserves all that money. <laughs> well, no, but you're not. You're going to be basically what you are now forever. Yes. The Angels. <laughs> yes, because they're dysfunctional. <laughs> they had the worst GM in hockey forever. Well, here, listen to this, right? So Mike Trout's getting 36, right? He's yeah, He had the highest contract baseball for a year. Mike Trout will not end his career as an Angel. He won't. The Angels are not going to continue to pay a 33-year-old Mike Trout to lose baseball games. 12.5 for McDavid. Oh, see, so yeah, that was close. Mike Trout is the best player in baseball by a long stretch. He's irrelevant in baseball because of where he plays. Do you see Mike Trout on commercials? Outside of the Major League Baseball Network? I don't. Right, but that could also be his personality, too. That's not necessarily. It doesn't matter your personality. You're the anyone that knows baseball knows Mike Trout's the best player in baseball. Right, but it's it's the same argument of why is Peyton Manning on more commercials than Tom Brady? They were both great quarterbacks, both well known, and Tom Brady plays in a far bigger market than Peyton Manning did. But Peyton Manning had the personality that was outspoken. He always liked to do the commercials. He like he did the Saturday Night Live. But Tom Brady, you rarely see on commercials, just because he's more of a humble guy. More of, obviously, he's married to a model and isn't really as public as a an icon in terms of wanting to be on commercials and shows and stuff like that. I I think that has something to do with it too. And I think Mike Trout's kind of the same thing, where he's not really that outspoken. I want to be everywhere kind of guy, like a Bryce Harper, like an Aaron Judge, stuff like that. But see, and this is, but this is why I think that baseball and hockey are in trouble. If you bring Connor McDavid in here right now, how many people besides sports fans would know? Oh shoot, that's Connor McDavid. Right, but nobody. Con- right, but Connor McDavid. In Canada, is probably in all those commercials, though, too. <coughs> it's the same thing you were saying with Fine. the Raptors and the, the television But hockey's ratings. not failing in Canada. Hockey's failing here. No, I know that. My, my point is you're going to get American uh, or hockey players that are on American teams to be on commercials, hockey commercials. We see it all the time with, with Brodeur. We see it with the, the Dunkin' Donuts commercials with Pasternak and Bergeron and those guys because they're on American teams. I feel like the Canadian team's superstar players are going to be on the commercials there. Maybe. But again, like, it's a global game, so you need a global superstar. And Conor McDavid is that, but no one knows who he is. Right, but I, I think we just don't see it as much because we're in the, on an American network versus Canadian. We see Ovechkin. We see, like, we said, like I said, the, right, the but, Bruins right, guys. Right, right, right. But I'm, I, let's, I hate to get political on this show, but let's just five seconds. A sport will not – look at soccer, okay? Soccer is the most global successful sport ever. I think they have, what, three of the top five franchises in sports? I would imagine, yeah. Real Madrid, Barcelona, and probably – I think Manchester. Manchester, yeah. 
Or Liverpool. I, no, I, just, I think I, Manchester's the highest of England. So let's let's get uncomfortable for a second. No one watches soccer here. No one. Okay. The men's soccer team is atrocious. <laughs> Awful. We suck. They get paid a, a good sum of money, okay? They, they don't get the trout deal. They don't, but they make a lot of money for guys that play a sport that nobody watches in America. Women soccer in the America and in the USA, they're freaking fantastic. They're great. No one knows. They win. They're always up there in the top of the cups and everything. Yeah, I don't I know the terminology. Won, they're fantastic. Won, I think they've won three of the last four World Cups. And I know they had the upset in the Olympics last time, but I think they're still – I think they have the most, in terms of this century, gold medals in the Olympics too. And they get paid peanuts. You know why? No one watches soccer. You know why hockey players don't make money? No one watches hockey. You know why golf has to pay Tiger Woods to come back? Because no one will watch if Tiger Woods is not around. You know why tennis prays and prays and prays that the Williams sisters continue to play? They're the biggest draw. You know why basketball is the second best organization, well, second highest grossing organization in America? LeBron James is a global phenomenon. He's the second, probably the second most prolific player we have now, outside of Ronaldo. Ronaldo's one, LeBron's two. That's it. You know why football is better than baseball, hockey, and basketball? You've got Tom Brady. You've got Drew Brees. You've got Andrew Luck. You've got Russell Wilson. You've got Aaron Rodgers. I named one position. Didn't get to Saquon. Didn't get to Zeke. Didn't get to Odell. Zeke, the 11th best running back in the league. <laughs> yes. <laughs> didn't get to Le'Veon Bell. You didn't get to Joe Mixon. I didn't even mention Christian McCaffrey's name. You <laughs> Here, I'll prove my point right now, right? Robert Gronkowski is more viewed now, retired, he'll come back, I think, but he's retired now, than I see more of Gronk cruise ships than I see a single Mike Trout. But again, that's his personality, though. He was always that kind of outgoing party-type guy. I, you are right. You are right. You are right. Gronk is very outgoing. The Hurricanes scored two goals in about ten seconds. Or is this a replay? Uh, nope. They scored right at the end of the period. <sighs> Remember when the Rangers had that guy? Ronson, not the guy that's good. No, I know. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's just, it's a joke. 
baseball needs a lot of things to happen, and they need these superstars to start being more out there. Hockey, too. I, I can't even remember the last Crosby commercial I saw. But uh, Snugs alert. Uh-oh. I would love to see you and Speedy take the show on the road to Tawana to interview disfranchised Chargers fans. I feel it would be a festive and exciting adventure. Hashtag don't drink the water. Hashtag do eat the worm. Hashtag we suck team in football. Hashtag Speedy won't go. P.S. <laughs> Speedy might enjoy looking for fun new hats in TJ. <laughs> That is true. I could definitely do that. David Crockett. <laughs> sure. I, I just, I don't know. I think Major League Baseball needs to look into this. This isn't good. Small market teams are not going to be able to do what the Red Sox just did. And to be honest, if you're really trying to make the sport competitive and you want everyone to know, you know, then you, you can't have this continue to happen. It'll never happen. Yeah, I agree with you. It won't happen, but you, you got to do something. I'm not saying a salary cap, but have a salary cap on arbitration. Have like, a, all right, you've reached this amount of arbitration award here. You get 10 or 15. You can't have that. You can't have open negotiations about arbitration because then when you get to free agency, you're already double that amount. So... I don't know. That's that's what my thought on it was, and I, I, I mean, I was excited at first for Mookie Betts. I was like, "Oh, that's good. He deserves it." I'm not saying Mookie Betts shouldn't take the money, but Major League Baseball cannot allow money to just willy nilly. Oh, well, we're just going to pay this guy this. That's not. That will never work. Never work. But um, oh my God, I'm playing solitaire. <laughs> what? Yeah, I don't even know what I'm doing. I was just playing solitaire. Jeez. Click a pop up at it and all of a sudden. Got no, my app. Game. I have an app for solitaire and I was. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, whatever. It's been a long day. But, um. Real quick, Kendrick Perkins for taking a shot at Kevin Durant. I think that was terrible. You're retired. Or are you? I don't even know if you retired. I think you're just away from the game. Basketball. No, I think he's just out of the game. I don't think he ever announced retirement. So, Kevin Durant hasn't been talked about for a whole year. The Brooklyn Nets fans probably forget he's even on the team. No need, no need to take a shot at him on Twitter. That's true. The Knicks fans probably remember he's on the team more than the Nets fans. Right. You know what? Yeah, so when we come back, we'll talk about Kevin Durant and why Kevin Durant's Twitter exchange to me is pissing me off. And then we'll do picks next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And that's the baseball team. Little League? Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back to the home stretch. I'm your host, Ty Harrison, along with 
Speedy Petey. Um, so, yeah, a um, little bit of a side note here. Uh, Kevin Durant, Kendrick Perkins, they were having a Twitter fight or Twitter exchange. And Kendrick Perkins pulled out the lazy excuse of, well, you did the weakest move ever, up 3-1, blah, 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 going to Golden State, winning championship, becoming the best team ever assembled, blah, 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 blah. I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing the whole Kevin Durant did the weakest, Kevin Durant did that, Kevin Durant did that. Because I've said this for years. Kevin Durant didn't get that blueprint by himself. Still looks really bad. Sure. Who looks worse, the Red Sox or the Astros? Uh, again, if more evidence comes out of how much of the replay room they used, I would say the Red Sox. Where did the blueprint come from? I don't know. I don't know. Houston. Right, but how do they know? Oh, I guess Cora. Who looks worse for Spikey, the Jets or the Patriots? <laughs> the Patriots. Who did it first? I don't know. Jets. It's all right. No one even brings it up because the Patriots. Patriots, Patriots. Because <laughs> the Jets probably still lost anyway. Probably. <laughs> all I know is that this is... Craziness. Kevin Durant went to Golden State because Steph Curry is the coolest guy in basketball. I mean, it doesn't hurt that he is probably the greatest shooter of all time. He's def- definitely the greatest shooter of all time. The best point guard of the past 25 years. And, you know is a quiet leader. Oh, Clay Thompson's also a top five shooter of all time already. And Draymond is a selfless ball passing phenomenon who's one of the greatest defensive joys we've ever seen. What's so hard about that decision? In comparison to a Thunder team that was also loaded, it's tough. But what if so? If Durant goes back to Oklahoma City, and they get Paul George, him, Westbrook, and Paul George, and Paul George, that's lethal in itself. Right? Would we be calling it a weak move then? No. It wouldn't be a weak move on Durant. It might be a weak move for Paul George if you want to judge it like that. It depends on what ends up happening. If it was a trade, like it ended up being with Paul George. No, that's not really a weak move unless it somehow was manipulated or tampered with by George. But we're not calling it for Durant's sake because if that's the case, you're staying loyal to your small market team and rolling with what you have. And that's what they, the NBA wants out of it. Or that's what the NBA should want out of their players. But unfortunately, that's not the case anymore with the way it's a player-run league now. Right. All I'm saying is we need to look at 
Did LeBron start it? No, but LeBron started this player movement. Right. LeBron, it was the bigger ripple effect for everybody doing it now. In terms of which move was individually worse, it probably would be Durant, but even that's close, too, because right. LeBron leaving at the time he did was really bad as well. Right. And just the way he, also, he staged that whole thing. Even his return to Cleveland staged it. I mean, Kyrie was already there, and he pulled the strings to get Kevin Love, so I don't... I think that was different, though, than going to Miami, though. Right, but he would have stayed in Miami if Bosh and Wade didn't age as they did. Right, I know that, but I think them that seemed a little more manipulative than Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love. Because remember, Kevin Love was also a trade, too. They had, the Cavaliers had to give up the number one pick, and Kyrie Irving and LeBron before that, we never heard of anything with those two being connected whatsoever. Whereas him and the Wade, him and Wade were always good friends, right? For as long as we knew of, knew of them, right? And I'm not I'm not saying that the move by LeBron was worse, but historically it's going to look worse because Kevin Durant out LeBron, LeBron. You know who we're not talking about being soft? Kawhi Leonard. Why Leonard pulled the strings to get Paul George in L.A.? Right, but I don't think right now we're looking at Kawhi Leonard in the same legacy discussion yet with Kevin Durant and LeBron James, though. I think when it's all said and done with him and he gets more into his prime and those kinds of years, maybe those titles, then maybe you could say the same thing, maybe hindering him, too. But he has the same thing. He manipulated his way out of the Spurs. Now, again, he, they traded him to Toronto, which wasn't a great team. It was, it was a good team, but it wasn't a great team. It's not like he was joining everybody amazing over there in Toronto. But you're right with the Clippers thing. That was definitely something similar. Well, my whole point is Kawhi's legacy is going to be more hindered by the player management thing than anything else. Well, maybe, but that okay. was also – yeah, but that was also something that – other players did too. It wasn't just him. It's not like right, but he, again, who remember, started it? Greg Popovich. Okay, fine. But Greg who Popovich. made it a who made it a bigger acceptable thing? LeBron. Right. That's fine, but that's how is that Kawhi's fault too? If Kawhi started it, that's one thing. No, I'm not saying Kawhi started. I'm saying LeBron started a trend. Kevin Durant followed it, and we actually we scrutinized Kevin Durant because Kevin Durant did it, but in. It, a very unique circumstance, though, too, where right. that was a direct head-to-head matchup. LeBron didn't go to the Celtics after the Celtics beat him. He went to Miami and was able to, again, manipulate where they got Bosch and they got Dwayne Wade was already there, obviously. And they manipulated it differently, whereas Durant did it right after they beat him in a, on a team that was deep, a team that had all these all these great players. And... It looked, again, just as bad. If LeBron did the same thing, I think when he did it, that might have been worse. But with the time LeBron did it, it was kind of a new thing. Now with Durant doing it the way that the concept of these big threes, these super teams already more evolved, he was bound to join a better team, which ended up being the case. The 
Warriors were definitely a better all-around roster than Miami was. Sure. Long story short, LeBron James ruined basketball. Just kidding. But, um, yeah, so it's about 9.30 now. Um, we're going to take another break, and we're going to talk about the big draw, the big ticket. Not Kevin Durant. Not Kevin Garnett. Um, Saturday and Sunday, we've got a couple football games to talk about. Vikings, 49ers, Ravens, Titans. And on Sunday, we've got... Can't see Houston, Green Bay, Seattle. We're going to go as quickly and as in-depth as possible. Sounds good, right? Sounds good. There you go. Look at that. Next on the home stretch. You're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. And manage the baseball team. Little League. Fantasy League. We are back, back, back with the home stretch on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. Welcome back into the home stretch here on the Worldwide Sports Radio Network. We are live here on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Worldwide Sports Radio Network. The number to call 1631 300 4477. Speedy Petey here with Tyler Harrison. It is that time of show. We got only four games to pick this week. This is the NFL divisional round. It is time for our picks, and here we go. The first game is Saturday, 4.35 p.m. It'll be the Minnesota Vikings taking on the San Francisco 49ers. And I know we're going to disagree on this one because I am actually going to take the upset here. I'm going to take the Minnesota Vikings. There's usually one upset in the divisional round, and I think this is where it comes I like the Vikings for a couple of reasons, one of which I mentioned to you on Tuesday. The, the way they use their inside pass rushers against the Saints, I think they can duplicate that kind of thing against the 49ers. The Niners are great tackles, but their interior line is eh, not great. I think you'll see the Vikings be able to do that again. I like the matchups of the middle linebackers and outside linebackers take out, not take out, but contain George Kittle so he's not going off for 140 yards. I think they'll limit him to short catches. You've seen Atlanta do that in the second half of the season. You saw at times the Saints do that in their game. So I think you're going to see that kind of thing with the Vikings. And Eric Hendricks has been one of the best performance middle linebackers this year. The weakness of Minnesota's defense has been big plays. But the Niners really don't have deep threat wide receivers. The running backs maybe could do stuff like that, but... It's going to be very hard. I think the quick pass game could help take out the, the pass rush to some extent, but I just like the deep matchup of the Vikings defense to be able to do that. And offensively, unless they get no protection whatsoever, because that could make it very hard, I think they really were able to grow. They really did a nice job offensively against the Saints, which are a tough defense. And I think their receivers could have some mismatches too on some smaller corners. Dalvin Cook is the pass catching back. I also think could be utilized well. And I think that'll end up making a difference in this game. So I'm going to take Minnesota here in the upset here. Give me the Vikings 23-20. to 20. I agree with you. There will be a huge upset in the divisional round. But it won't and it will one. be on Saturday, but it ain't going to be this one. Uh, um, so San Francisco, I think, is going to win this game handsomely. I know they weren't too hot going into the break. Minnesota right now, to me, is just playing... 
I don't even, you can't even say they're too hot. They lost their last, yeah, I, mm. Interesting. I don't know. I, I'm going to take San Francisco in this football game. I do believe that Jimmy Garoppolo and Kyle Shanahan will be able to outdo Kirk Cousins and uh, Mike Zimmer. Enough for nothing. A lot of guys are finally going to come back from San Francisco defense. D Ford. Has, is supposedly ready to play. Quan Alexander is going to play. You know, this team is just so deep defensively, and that's really, really where their strengths are. Richard Sherman, I think, is going to be all right on digs. And I don't know if San Francisco is going to be, I mean, Minnesota is going to be able to go on the road and win two huge playoff games on the road. I don't. I, I can't see it. And Minnesota right now could just be overexcited because they finally got over the hurdle of Kirk Cousins winning a big football game. I think that's going to work against them in this football game. And George Kittle, I think, I disagree with you. I think Kittle's not going to have a huge day. I think Emmanuel Sanders is. I think Emmanuel Sanders is going to match up pretty well over there, and I think Jimmy Garoppolo is going to find him a lot. Kyle Juszczyk's going to get the ball a lot. I, I think San Francisco will win this game pretty convincingly. I'll say 34-17 San Francisco. Just what I expected. All right. Has nothing to do with the hate for the Vikings. Oh, okay. All right. Saturday night football. The Tennessee Titans take on the Baltimore Ravens. This game will be very interesting, too. This is, I think, going to be very low scoring. You have two very similar type teams. Great defenses, great secondaries on both ends, but also good run defenses. And then just great rush offenses with Derrick Henry on one end, Lamar Jackson, and the collection of running backs that the Ravens have on the other end. So it'll be very interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of rust in the beginning of this game both ways. Kind of what you were saying with the Vikings, the Titans, I think overexcited after that emotional kind of revenge on the Patriots, their Patriots South kind of thing. They got that win. I think they're going to be a little rusty. And the Ravens, I think, will be a little rusty from the bye week. And them being kind of too hot, I think you'll get a very sloppy, not very sloppy, but kind of sloppy start. And I think you're just going to see a low-scoring game throughout. The run games will have their ends. The run defense will have their ends. I'm going to take the Ravens for one, for two reasons. One of which I think they just have a big coaching advantage. Now, the Titans do have a little bit of leeway, or have a little bit of... Ravens knowledge just with Dean Pease being on that defensive staff he'll know some of the things they like to do but John Harbaugh got Don Martindale and Greg Roman just really good coaches across the board there that's so that's one I just think that'll end up being obviously home field being another and number two I think is the Titans have one big weakness on their defense and that's guarding tight ends and that's where I think Mark Andrews and I think that just the two tight ends formations they're going to be using all game will just make too big of a difference in this one Derrick Henry, I think, will be good. Again, good for the Titans in terms of controlling the clock at times, but their other receivers really don't really have that much of a mismatch. This is the one mismatch offensively I can really see a team like the Ravens having just using those two tight end formations. The Titans' uh, safeties and linebackers, they're good. They're good players, but they're also smaller where they have trouble against bigger tight ends. And Jayon Brown, if he plays, is not going to be playing 100%. So... That's going to be very hard. A lot of those guys are going to be spying Lamar Jackson, too, which I think will open up the door for those tight ends. So if you're picking if you're picking for the spread, I would take the Titans to cover, but I still think the Ravens win the game. Very close, low-scoring game. 
it wouldn't surprise me if Tennessee upsets because I do think the Ravens, to an extent, are too hot. But I'll still take them to win the game 20-14. to 14. So I disagree again. I think Tennessee is going to win this football game. I, I do. Now, here's the thing. Okay, I agree with you that Hayden Hurt, Mark Andrews would be a phenomenal target in this football game. Except Jayon Brown's hurt, so is Mark Andrews and is Mark Ingram. So you're talking about the offensive line is going to do a phenomenal job, I think. However, Lamar Jackson has to win this game with his arm. I don't think he's going to be able to do it on the outside. I think he's going to have to sit in the pocket and throw the football. And everyone's going, well, they're 14-2. He can do They have the 27th passing offensive football. Mark, him winning a game with his arm did not happen this year. I will I, not saying it can't happen, not saying he's a running back playing quarterback, but he has not won a game with his arm all year. I'm trying to find out if that's going to happen in the playoff game. In the last playoff game I saw him in, he looked very flustered, very overwhelmed. Now he's at home. They are the overwhelming favorites in this football game. And I don't think he's going to be ready for that moment. He very well could be. If Lamar Jackson's ready, the Ravens wash this game away. He won't even be close. But I think Tennessee's ready. I think Tennessee beating Bill Belichick and Tom Brady put enough feathers in their cap, as the people say, to give them the confidence to go into Baltimore and beat, beat another bully in the yard. Brian Tannehill played very, very poor against Bill Belichick's defense. And John Harbaugh's defense ain't much worse. But Ryan Tannehill is going to play better than he did against the Patriots. Derrick Henry might not do enough to win this football game by himself, but Ryan Tannehill is going to play better than he did last week. And I trust A.J. Brown more than Hollywood Brown at this point to make a big play. Adam Humphreys is going to be out too, but... I think the big body receivers of the Titans will be able to help that out. Tajay Sharp's played well in his absence, though. Yeah, he has. And Corey Davis, I think, is going to get a lot of touches in this football game, too. The offensive lines cancel each other out. The defenses are very close. You're going to look at a big play. Special teams favors the Ravens. That's not even close. But I do think that Ryan Tannehill led the league in QBR. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of leaning with Ryan Tannehill in this football game, as crazy as that sounds. He's been the best quarterback in football since the Titans started him. You want to talk about too hot? They've won, what, 13? Out of the last in a row. They, are, they are too yeah. hot. They are. So, I'm taking Tennessee in this football game 20-17 to 17 over the Ravens. All right, the other AFC matchup Sunday. The Houston Texans fresh off their big comeback against the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, again, you talk about two teams that are very similar with the Ravens and Titans. These two teams are opposite, but also still very similar to each other in terms of what they are. Two nice young quarterbacks, two very talented young number one receivers. Defenses that were pretty bad in the beginning of the year, but they grew as the season went along. And just some interesting matchups here. Uh, I'm going to take the Chiefs. I think it'll be very close. I think it'll. I think the Texans have the better in terms of defense. I still think they have the better in terms of balance on defense. But I think the Chiefs 
with the pass defense that they have, I think still makes a difference. It's a top 10 pass defense. You got Honey Badger, who played phenomenally this year. You got Bashad Breland, who played very well, one of the best free agent pickups this season. I believe, I don't think they're going to get Juan Thornhill back, but I think the linebackers will be able to help out a lot. And the Texans' deep threat receivers are both playing kind of banged up if they are playing at all, so I think that's going to be a tough matchup for them. I think Deshaun Watson will run the ball very well and play extend very well like he has. And I do think somebody will break out for the, for the Texans in the run game too to some extent, but the question is how long will it last? Duke Johnson played well at, at times, Carlos High at times, but is it going to be consistent? And same thing with the Chiefs. But here's the thing with the Chiefs. Damian Williams was great in the playoffs last year. Damian Williams was great the last three games of this year. I think he's more of that hot hand that Andy Reid trusts, and I just think that coaching edge will end up making a difference in terms of getting a better I guess steadier running game as a whole. Not necessarily big play or flashier run game, but I just think a steadier running game. And I think that'll make the difference. And I think the receiving depth for the Chiefs, I just trust a little more. So, and Spagnolo as well. I think his blitz packages will help at times as well. So I'm going to take the Chiefs very close game here. I'll take Kansas City 24-20. I agree. I think Kansas City is going to win this football game. Um, I disagree. It's going to be close again. Talking about a team that gave up seven sacks to the Bills, and they did not start off particularly well. I think they will start off slow again. The difference between the Bills and the Chiefs is Patrick Mahomes is not a Buffalo Bill. Um, Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen are not the same type of beast. Pat Mahomes is going to put you away in the first quarter if he has to. He's going to need to do that, and he could. Tyreek Hill looks healthier now as the season's gone along than he did when the season started. Travis Kelsey is phenomenal. And the Texas defense couldn't stop a robbery. So I'm not really concerned about anything. But the addition of J.J. Watt might make this game interesting with the pass rush. But it's not going to be. I don't think it. I think you'll see points to this game where the Texans make it close. But then the Chiefs just pull away again. Uh, Texans are close, but they're still a ways away. But, um, yeah, the Chiefs win this football game 34-21 over the uh, Texans. All right, last but certainly not least, the Seattle Seahawks travel to Lambeau to take on the Green Bay Packers. This is interesting in the sense of, one, the history between these two teams. These two teams play a lot. They played a couple times in the playoffs the last couple years, and just the identity of these two teams are very different now, the way they've evolved. The one thing that's going to be very interesting to me, I think, is the Packers receivers, which one will break out, the Seahawks corners, which one will break out, because they all have their definitive number one. Shaquille Griffin for the definitive number one corner. He's been playing great all year, but they don't have much else after that. Same with Devontae Adams, definitive number one receiver. Who is it after that? So it's a, that matchup, I think, is going to be definitely very interesting in this game. Jimmy Graham, a, kind of a revenge game against the Seahawks, a Seahawks team that's also had trouble with tight ends. Will Matt LaFleur utilize that? If he doesn't, I think that could make it very hard for this Packers offense because Seattle can rush the passer and Seattle can stop the run. But will they be able to utilize that? The thing is, just with the way the Packers receivers and Aaron Rodgers did play without Devontae Adams in that stretch gives me a little more confidence in somebody to break out on that other side. And I think that'll end up being a big difference in this game. More than I would trust the Seahawks matchup advantages right now just because Marshawn Lynch, while Pete Carroll says he's going to get more touches... 
how effective will those touches be. That's the matchup you had to expose if you're Seattle because the Packers' inside run defense, especially with their two ends, are not very good. And tight ends are another big weakness for the Packers, but Seattle lost Will Disley at the beginning of the year. Jacob Hollister's been okay, but not something I could trust. I think DK Metcalf plays well again just because the Packers' corners are smaller, but I don't trust Tyler Lockett this time. Jair Alexander has the speed to keep up with him, and the safeties have been much improved for Green Bay throughout the year. So I just think they'll have enough on defense, and then you got the outside rushing defense containing Russell Wilson running. I think that'll make a big difference. Russell Wilson will get his play extensions and will make his magical throws at times, but that offensive line's going to have a tough time on that, that pass rush as well. So I think it'll be close. I'll take Green Bay 27-21 over Seattle. I'm going to disagree with you again. I'm taking Seattle. Now, again, we're there's no matchup really I like in this football game for Seattle. But you did hit on something very important. Marshawn Lynch is going to get more touches. But between, now, from what I'm understanding, Travis Homer and Robert Turbin will also be getting a lot more touches too. So Turbin is a very ground-and-pound guy who's going to beat you up too. Between him and Lynch, even if Lynch gets you two, three yards carry. He's, you know why two, three yards carry is fine? Because he's going to be two, three yards away from the end zone. Jacob Hollister might not play well, but Luke Wilson and Russell Wilson have this unspoken chemistry of, hey, I'm open. Oh, hey, I'm going to throw this football even though no one knows how. You know, Lockett and Metcalf, I think, are going to be fine. David Moore will have a nice day. And honestly, this might be a game where Deron Brown has a nice game too. I, I Seattle's offense is so built around Russell Wilson that – as long as Russell Wilson shows up to play, they're in the ballgame. And Seattle always has big takeaways. And here's the other matchup. You, you want Jimmy Graham? Bobby Wagner will blanket Jimmy Graham. I'm not concerned about Jimmy Graham whatsoever. Outside of Devontae Adams, who you got? Matt, Matt LaFleur doesn't deserve negative remarks. Obviously, his team won 13 games. But his offense looks very... Different confusing. The, it's different than what the, we're used to with the Packers. Very. Everyone looks pretty confused. And Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he knows it, obviously, but I don't think he's comfortable in it. All year long, I've been waiting for Aaron Rodgers to have one of these games. He hasn't had it yet, and now you're going up against a team that's pretty a well-oiled machine at this point. Good luck trying to escape to Davion Clowney, too. Good luck. Clowney, I think, is going to have a pretty good time with uh, Bakhtiari. Aaron Rodgers hasn't really wowed me all year. I mean, everyone talks about Brady, right? Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady's numbers aren't that far apart. Brady's got more interceptions, but the yards, touchdowns aren't that far apart. I'm not, and Aaron Rodgers is a hell of a lot younger. So, I'm sorry. Aaron Rodgers could win this game for the Packers. Obviously, I, I get that. Something tells me after this game, though, Aaron Jones, I don't think, will be a factor whatsoever. I think K.J. Wright, Wagner, and all those other young linebackers and front ends they have will do the job. I think it's going to be on Aaron Rodgers. Aaron Rodgers and Mike McCarthy's offense, I wouldn't be concerned about. Matt LaFleur's offense, I haven't seen him succeed in it. Well, I'm sorry, I haven't seen him dominate in it yet. And Aaron Rodgers isn't opposed to losing big games at home. So, 
I'm going to say Seattle. They're the best road team in the NFL. They'll do it again. Uh, and Russell Wilson's going to get a lot of... Russell Wilson, the, every superstar has that MVP game. This is it for Russell Wilson. He will solidify it. Well, he's already solidified it in my mind. But he will stamp his MVP season. He won't win it. Lamar Jackson's going to win it. But the fact that he's going to be 1A will be stamped in this football game. Seattle, 28. Green Bay, 24. All right, we disagree on three out of four. Very interesting. And the game we agree on is? Kansas City. That's it. Well, I knew you were going to pick the 49ers. I wasn't sure about the rest. Well, we got some time to kill. What game are you most confident in? And the games we don't agree Ooh, Most confident. Wow. Uh, really, none of them. I think most what I would be would be the Chiefs. But well, we agree on that I one. Know. I know. I, I, I guess... I guess the Ravens, just because I think they'll find a way somehow just with the coaching. Right. I, I think... If I were to bet on one of them, just because I think the NFC, there's always unexpected things more with the NFC. Right. Usually the AFC, you don't usually get those drastic upsets. The it Bron- happened already. The, Bro- the Patriots are out. No, right, but I mean, I mean this round, like a one-seed powerhouse kind of thing getting knocked off. You don't usually see that kind of thing with the exception of really the Broncos, Ravens, the one year, the, the Patriots when they lost the Jets. Like they, There's instances of it, but it just hasn't been that way recently. The NFC, it seems like the teams are a lot closer where those kinds of things can happen. The Vikings are talented. The 49ers are talented, and they're getting guys back. The Packers are talented. Seattle is pesky and can play any, against any different style of play. So it's a lot closer. Not that I think the Titans aren't talented. They are. But I just think I, if I were to bet on one, it would probably be the Ravens, just the history of the AFC, the way it's always been. And you're right, I do think they're too hot, which is why I think they'll play down to an extent. And maybe they lose next week. I don't know. But I think they'll still win this game. That's funny. The game I'm most confident in will definitely be San Francisco. Um, again, just kind of because they weren't that hot team like the Ravens are. They kind of needed the week off just to, we need our guys back take a week off, just kind of relax, recoup. And it's not like Jimmy Garoppolo doesn't know what it takes. Jimmy Garoppolo's got two Super Bowl rings. Like, Jimmy Garoppolo knows the process of winning a Super Bowl. Kyle Shanahan knows the process of going to a Super Bowl. This isn't new to them. This is very familiar territory. The Vikings, this is not familiar. Blair Walsh is not going to miss a field goal kick on Sunday. He's not there. There is no there's no jinx for them. This is a very real thing. This is a big game on Sunday, Saturday. It's a very big game. Are they ready for it? I don't know. We're about to find out, but I'd, I will find out on Saturday. But I'm most confident in San Francisco. I'm definitely the least confident in the Titans, um, upsetting the Ravens, but... You know, obviously, I, I just, the too hot thing. And I think Lamar can win a game in a pocket, but I haven't seen it. And the Chargers' performance last year bothered me, too. So, 
I mean, we'll find out. It'll be interesting to see, because I think another matchup they could look at is Adoree Jackson being used as a quarterback spy as well, because he's got really good speed. He might, be, he might be the most athletic player on the field. Right. Including so, Lamar Jackson. So he is going to be one of the few defenders in the league that could have the speed to keep up with somebody like Lamar Jackson. Right. So if they do that and they keep attacking the second corner, we'll see who wins that mismatch, because now Malcolm, obviously Malcolm Butler's hurt, so... You got Logan Ryan on one side, and then who is it, LaShawn Sims after that? If, if they use Jackson in that kind of role, it'll be interesting. No, it would. And Adore Jackson, I think, here's the thing about the Ravens, and this is why I kind of am saying I don't think they can win a game in the air. Because none of their receivers are really going to. Ryan Logan, Ryan Logan, Adore Jackson, LaShawn Sims, or Ty Smith. I mean, Tremaine Brock could also play. Oh, I forgot about him. Yeah, I never really liked him as a corner, though, so I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Besides, I mean, they might let Dory Jackson do what he's got to do. I mean, these linebackers, Landry and Evans are very, very Oh, athletic. Evans is, I think, going to be very key in terms of running in the flats. Stopping I mean, Lamar Casey's Jackson, going to do what Jarrell Casey can do. I don't think they're going to be able to run the football. Jeffrey Simmons and Casey are going to be able to clog the run. I'm not sure Lamar Jackson is going to be able to do it. I, this is a football game where you're going to need him. This is the game. Every young quarterback has this game. Last year, it was a, okay, you need to really, really, really get comfortable holding the football in your hands. This weekend, Lamar Jackson gets his final lesson in the NFL. You really need to get comfortable throwing the football. Tim Tebow... You know, he had some smoke and mirror wins too, but Lamar Jackson needs to win a game with his arm. If he does it this Sunday, fine. More power to him. He's an elite quarterback in the NFL. Got it. Understood. Win a game on Saturday with your arm, and you'll deserve it. (laughs) And then, I, I mean, I'd probably have to put, I'm definitely more confident in Seattle than Tennessee. I'm actually more confident in Seattle than Kansas City. Really? Yeah. Wow. Done there, been there, done that. Yeah, you picked the blowout for Kansas City. That's interesting. Because mm-hmm. right, Seattle, Seattle doesn't blow teams out. No, I know. That's they don't do they're, that. So they're Even when they blow out teams, it's not by score. It's just by we held the ball for 40 minutes and you didn't. So, uh, it, uh, very interesting. Definitely got a lot of football ahead this weekend. But uh, we're out of here. We're done. It's over. Speedy. Tell them where they can find us. McKinnon scored again. Jesus. <laughs> Not surprising. Facebook, Twitter, Periscope, YouTube, Instagram, Snapchat, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio. SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, on our website at WorldwideSportsRadio.com. And we are one of only 16 sports radio networks and podcasts on Radio.com. 16. Mm-hmm. You got any plans this weekend, Speedy? Just I'm going to go watch football with, the, with my grandparents on my mother's side of the family. I think it'll be their last weekend here because they usually go to Florida 
for the winter. I usually go for January until May, so this might be their last weekend here. So I'm going to go visit them and watch the playoffs. There you go. Playoffs. 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 You talking about playoffs? Playoffs. We are who they thought we were. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, right, right. So I'm on Twitter because whatever. There's Smoke's a Dorito alert. bag. Smoke's alert. No. Ah. There's a, there's a, there's a, oh, God, you did that alert? There's a Photoshopped bag of Doritos. It's a yellow bag. It says extra salty. The flavor is nacho year. <laughs> and a photo of Tom Brady. <laughs> That's screwed up. They do that meme all the time. That doesn't surprise me. They also do the one with, uh, they, with the Lay's. You know, the, the Lay's had the make your own flavor phase for a while where the fans could submit different things. So they yeah. had one with, uh, with uh, it said extra salty. The flavor was the tears of blank fans that they would fill in the name. They would do Cowboys fans, Steelers fans, mm-hmm. Packers fans. They, they had all these different ones for a while. Yeah. Speedy? Yes. Did I say the end game thing? All right. I guess not. We're in the end game now. Say your goodbyes. Thanks for listening. Have a great weekend, everybody, and have a glorious night. We got it. So, uh, everybody have a great weekend. Have a glorious night, as he said. Um, We'll be back Tuesday, where hopefully we will see a rematch of San Francisco and Seattle against the Kansas City Chiefs. And who else did I just pick? You picked Tennessee. And Tennessee. I wouldn't mind if the Titans won. I wouldn't mind either. I think it would be be a good story. I mean, the, fl- the fire would run out there, and then we'd get Chiefs San Francisco. But what are you going to do? I don't know. The Titans really do match up well with the Chiefs, though. I don't know. That might not be easy for Kansas City. I have to see how Tennessee plays against the Yeah, Rams. we'll see. I just, and even if the Chiefs can stop the run a little bit, that, that'll be the key. But the Titans, I think they've beaten them, I think, five of the last six meetings. So they know how to handle Andy Reid and – well, Andy Reid always do. loses the big game. I thought That's he'd just true. lose in the Super Bowl. That's true. Now you might if they make it there, but they're going to have to learn how to stop the run because even if they beat the Texans, whoever's their next opponent, they're going to have to stop the run. Hmm, there you go. Yeah, that's true. But um, So hopefully we'll see Kansas City and Tennessee in the AFC Championship game. I guess we'll see how that goes. They're looking for Tennessee. See, I just want everybody to know, I already knew this joke was happening when the Titans were in this program. So, it's fine. Well, Tennessee, you're, you're, you're listening to the Worldwide Sports Radio Network.